0: Happy
1: Friday. Welcome back to the podcast. We're hot already. We're hot and ready to go. And I have to say, there's, a, there's something I have to pass on. Get it off your chest, man. It's a, it's, a, just do, just it's my new anthem. Get it out there. It's the thing I think we need to rally behind as a show and as car enthusiasts. It's a life motto. It comes to you from our friends at Lamborghini. If you haven't seen the Sorrento advertisement commercial, then you haven't heard this fantastic mantra. Dust is gold. Dirt's for the bold.
0: They keep repeating it, though, as if it's a thing.
1: This is... Like
0: to convince themselves.
1: One of the worst commercials I've seen for a car.
0: And I that's agree saying to that. And
1: here's what's interesting. If you find it, we should probably post something in social media for it. But if you find this commercial, this was the original debut video for the new off-road Huracan. <laughs> I want to put this in two categories. I almost want all of you to see it silent because visually... It's awesome. It's really cool. There's some cool visual ideas in the piece, even though a few of them are a bit disjointed. The guy and the girl in it both shouldn't be in it. But the car stuff and the snowboarder stuff and what they do in the desert is actually cool. Very well shot, very good looking.
0: Then there's the voiceover. Then it
1: has a, a song that feels a little weird. I feel like there's a, literally a lost in translation moment happening with this commercial. I feel like somebody in Italy... I, and I'm a, I'm a big fan of Spaghetti Westerns, so think about it in those terms. Somebody in Italy composed what they thought was a country song in okay. the same way that Enrico okay. Marconi composed the amazing stuff that are all the anthems for Spaghetti Westerns, okay? Sure. So it's, it's an Italian version of a country song, which doesn't quite work. <laughs> and then the guy reading the voiceover, his voice is okay, not great, but his delivery sounds very much like somebody in the studio phonetically sounded out the next line and then he repeated it. It doesn't sound the least bit natural. It doesn't sound like he understands what he's reading. It is one of the worst voiceover reads I have come across on an actual commercial from, from, for here's the thing for a brand who has money. It's not like they got on because there are these sites out there where you can just hire a voiceover artist and most of them are somebody who does something else and they record voiceover at night on the side and it's great if you need it and, and you can get really good reads that way. But a lot of those people are far from professional and don't know how to read. And I'm not saying you and I are great at it, but I'm saying you can tell when it's done wrong.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: This is done terribly. And then they have an actor who's okay looking, I guess, speaking some of the lines... As if it's his voice, and you know it's not his voice, and the voice is terrible and the read is awful, over a commercial that's well shot for a car that I don't understand why it exists. I am so confused (laughs) right now, but all I know is dust is gold and dirt's for the bold.
0: Pounding the table with laughter before we started. Welcome back to the podcast, guys. Thank you for joining us. I do want a Lamborghini Serato. I just don't think that commercial is the one that sold it to me. I don't the understand. Pictures why the pictures alone, car just leave the pictures are fine. Okay. Just give me photos. You don't have to give me all that stuff. I don't want it after seeing that commercial. If you haven't seen it, you have to look it up. <laughs> Porsche would wouldn't be caught dead doing a thing like that. Well, it's just They rely on their history and they'd show old film reels and something cool. And it would be like, okay, all right, good. I get it.
1: But, but honestly, it's, it's the voiceover that kills the thing all by itself. And yeah, I have to keep thinking about the fact that there were many, I can't even tell you how many, there were many people (laughs) between idea (laughs) and release. There were tons of people who were in a position to sign off on this commercial. And apparently all of them did. This is the final version. This is the version that's out there. Moving yeah. right along. Moving right along. To
0: our new video that just got released. If you yes. haven't seen it yet, check it out. It's our GR86 versus a Cayman S. Mm-hmm. It is a 2006 model year Cayman okay. S. The first yep. one that came out. And we drove it on road and track, which we're very thrilled. Thanks to Bridgestone for giving us tires. Yes. They are the RE71RS tires. They are. Their Velcro. Glue.
1: It's amazing how good they are. Absolutely yeah.
0: unbelievable. And PowerStop gave us brakes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They gave us track day pads with their rotors for the GR 86. Now the Cayman was privately owned, so we didn't do any brake upgrades yeah, to that yeah. car. We just left it alone, but we did put tires on it and we did it the tires were on the street, and then we took it, drove mm-hmm. the cars out to the track. So yep. on the same day, and it was great. Yes. And if you haven't seen that, like I said, that is now playing on our main YouTube channel, and we're just excited because Boxer engines. Yeah. There's a lot of commentary on there that I don't get the conver- the, the comparison. There's a few people. And, a lot then, of- and then over here, there's the, this is the exact comparison. So that means we're right over the target. Yeah, there are people that are like, why did you compare these? And other people are like, I was just comparing these this <laughs> yeah. morning, which is uh-huh. really fun.
1: It, it honestly is the piece that when we first, and, and I, I've said this on other pieces, but this is the one that honestly was the first conversation Paul and I had at the launch, is we drove this car and we looked at each other and we said, Huh? brand new we didn't we hadn't thought about buying one we had just had like a track session we were like thirty five thousand dollars this or a used Cayman we both kind of looked at each other like I don't know (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i mean that Agreed. that was that was like genesis for we have yeah. to drive this car yeah. against everything now we have some other ideas coming even though this was the pinnacle piece this was the one we've been working toward and and we and the other reason we were working toward it and we took a while to get there is because we wanted to do it like this we wanted it on road we wanted mm-hmm. it on track with this with cars that were actually equivalent in price you could go buy either one of them for the prices we're talking yeah. about that was key and then Along the way, we connected up with our friends at Bridgestone who were willing to give us track-rated tires because we, we wanted to make it as equal as possible.
0: Yeah. So yeah. it is
1: really interesting. We're a little bit bummed about the fact that, I mean, we weren't disappointed by the brakes in the 86, but they did uh, overdo the ones in the Cayman because we were able to do some more stuff to them. But it is a piece I hope you watch because we we drill down and we have fun. The the roads were in the middle of the fall. I'm wishing for those fall roads right now because the snow here has hit hard. Yeah, it
0: has. Although that just means skiing in winter roads and we true, love that true. Stuff, yeah, we did post that as well. Yeah. It makes me remember how much we love our driving roads in yeah. the fall. It, yeah. The scenery is spectacular. The colors are juicy. And yeah. I'm proud of it. It's awesome. So thank you for emailing us and writing to us and texting and tweeting at us about Corvette. I feel like somebody from GM is listening. Yes. Well, here here's the thing. You
1: and I have said a lot of things over 750-something podcasts. We've said a lot of A things. few, yes. We and we have theorized many things. And we've gotten some wrong, and sometimes we get something blatantly wrong, and we try to acknowledge it on this podcast. Right, but on right. the flip side, I would like to acknowledge when we got something right. Because we <laughs> have once? said many, many times that Corvette can and should be a sub-brand. Now, mm. I also want to caveat. We said it should be a sub-brand for sports cars. Something like the big new Monster Z06 C8 up top, something like a revision of the C7 front engine in the middle, and something directly facing the GR86 at the bottom. Corvette is now a sports car brand. Come get your Corvette. Bring the
0: solstice back. We
1: also theorized that if GM were to do this, they would probably bring out a Corvette SUV. Well, guess what we've heard about? Subbrand probably will have a Corvette SUV. None of us are surprised. It doesn't mean I didn't have a quiet little cry because why <laughs> must we have a Corvette <laughs> SUV? We don't need that. Oh, that's good. I feel like, though, here's the thing. GM scuttled Pontiac. Mm-hmm. Pontiac was the place to put their sporty cars, their sporty models. Well, now they don't have yeah. it anymore. Yeah. So I think in many ways, the Corvette brand is going to take the place of where Pontiac would have been. Pontiac would have been the place to take the Blazer and make a really sporty sure, blazer would have been a it's pontiac a chevy blazer that just rolls i off, know like- but i'm just no they would have rebranded it as something i'm saying well, in their badge engineering it would have been the pontiac something else yeah it probably yeah. would have been the sunfire which used to be a hatchback and is now an suv <laughs> and it would have been some sort of you know that's what they would have done I forgot about but that my name. point is yeah i'm here for you but my point is i think that's what they're going to do with the corvette brand this is the performance brand under gm because that's not working for cadillac yeah. So yeah, they'll have the I performance that, right? cars come out okay. under Corvette even though we're going to you think you think there was outcry when they made an electric SUV Mustang. <laughs> when the Corvette SUV <laughs> rolls out. Wait. Yeah, there's going to be some anger. So that's one thing we
0: got right. Another another thing we got right? Mm. The Ferrari Persang. GM is a company that is wedded to SUVs. Absolutely. Car companies. Yes. Are wedded to SUVs yes. forever. Okay. SUVs. When the corporate overlords get to the product planners and they say, "Okay, so we got to what we're doing. We got to yep. make an SUV." But then when Ferrari built an SUV, everybody kind of went, "Ferrari will never do that." <laughs> I would, and then Lamborghini came out with one. Like, okay, well, I guess it's selling pretty well. Whether you love it or hate it, mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. It's selling. That's yep, the point. Yep, yep. And then Ferrari did build one, and they're. Pretty popular. We, we theorized, this is the other place we got
1: something right. We theorized <laughs> that they were going to go so fast to the people that are already in the Ferrari Faithful because yeah. on some level, you, <laughs> would, think, faithful. you would think that writing in it, some level, very good, it would be for people to find the brand because I've never been able to have a Ferrari, but now I can have an SUV. But yeah. we, we talked about the fact that we expected that the Ferrari Faithful that are on the list already were going to be in there so fast that they weren't going to be able to make enough. Well, Ferrari has said, guess what? That's who showed up. We aren't making enough. They are not taking orders because they already have a list for more than two years. So they are no mm. longer taking orders for the Puro Sang, mm. which means there are a lot of people out there with a lot of money to blow on a Ferrari SUV, which I'm sure we'll see in Park City at some point. We it's will. Somebody here. give us one. We want to drive it. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm fascinated by it. And I also... Another car. Like the we started with <laughs> the, the lifted, terribly voiceover Lamborghini. This exists. It actually exists.
0: What's, Lam- what's Ferrari's bad commercial gonna be if well, dust is gold and dirt is for the bold oh man <laughs> Drives me up a wall it, it it's you have to watch this commercial
1: it's <laughs> so it's, laughable you have
0: you will enjoy it probably at least as much as we did let the memes begin last thing before we get to our couple of cool car debates is from our friends at Blipshift. yeah they've got a shirt that is closing out today today friday yes It is Nord Dreamer 2. It is one-track mind. You're dreaming of the Nord Schleife, the North Loop. Yes, it's really cool. It it becomes a little thought
1: bubble that's the shape of the track. You really ought to go go to BlipShift. You can go everydaydriver.com, go to the store tab, BlipShift right there. You can find it. Again, today is the last day for that shirt. There's some other ones coming. Today's the last day for it, so grab them now.
0: Your car's dashboard is on the front line in the battle against the sun, and it can really deteriorate over time due to UV damage. A custom Covercraft dash mat protects your dash and keeps it looking new as well as complementing your interior. These dash mats are available in a wide
1: variety of fabric styles and colors. You can even customize with embroidery or logo. You could put an Everyday Driver logo on it if you wanted. You can make it completely unique to you and your car. Can we get an 86
0: with the Everyday Driver logo in the corner, maybe intertwine them? you got to work on that, Paul. When you're shopping at Covercraft.com, just remember use the code EVERYDAY22 to get a 10% discount and it ships for free. Follow the link from our sponsors page at everydaydriver.com or navigate directly to covercraft.com for high quality covers, sunscreens, and dash mats to keep your car protected and looking its best. Alex C. in Des Moines, Iowa, writes to us asking for sage wisdom. Uh, Well, we'll try. He has come to the wrong place, so we are going to move on. (laughs) He says not long ago, we sent an email for him to work out if he should upgrade his O2 Corvette convertible manual Hmm. to a newer one and perhaps look at something different than the Targa hardtop convertible GT sports car thing. He would be moving to an automatic transmission so his wife could drive it, as she doesn't know how, nor does she have the desire to drive a manual. Though that debate is still ongoing, he says there's a new twist to things. Mm. Alex is an electrician. He drives a work van every day he can park at home which means his 06 Chevy Colorado sits in the garage and is only used when he's running an errand or needs to haul something in the bed hmm. for context. He'll have owned it for three years in January, 2023 and have driven it a total of 13,000 miles in his ownership. Wow. Okay. The body isn't exactly showroom condition. The inline five cylinder isn't powerful. It doesn't have good torque. It doesn't get good gas mileage, but it's a great size and it does the city truck thing that's four-wheel drive, four doors, and it does what he needs it to do. And it's paid off, so he doesn't mm. care when things go wrong or it earns a new parking lot merit badge. <laughs> that's that's the very positive spin on that idea. Yeah, huh? I like that twist. This Thanksgiving, he and his wife drove the pickup two hours north, carrying his pellet smoker to cook the turkey. Usually, they drive his wife's 2019 Hyundai Santa Fe, but they needed the pickup bed for the smoker to ride in, of course. Mm-hmm. As they drove, his wife started noticing how the dash lights don't work. The dome light doesn't light up. The blower motor has a constant tick and then all the other small problems. And then the longer they drove it, the more she asked if he wanted to replace it with something nicer. And she emphasized it doesn't have to be a truck, although she admits she wants him to have one for the
1: utility. You know what I think happened in the middle of this drive? (laughs) (laughs) The blower motor's creaking and there's lights on the dash. And she goes, doesn't that bother you? you know which also tells me that his wife <laughs> is never in this truck
0: true and it's white noise to alex yeah
1: he's just it's just one of those things
0: but you know you know that was said doesn't that bother you Guys, this is how we get new vehicles. Take your wives for a ride in the beat up old thing <laughs> to the point of annoyance. They will then ask you, don't you want to get something different? I'm sure we've got room in our budget. I mean,
1: it's cool that she came around and was like, you really ought to replace this. But I do think it's funny because it does tell me that she's never in it. Yeah. And I and uh. I can only imagine. It, it's one of those annoyance over time things, too. This was like the trip to Thanksgiving. <laughs> and they kept discovering yeah. new things that were annoying about the truck. All of which he's been like. Yeah, I noticed, but it's it's the it's the work truck, and I
0: just don't care. And she's like, really? <laughs> it's I mean,
1: but it's doing this as well. Grinding
0: on her, yes. and he's like, what? I forgot about that. Well, he does still enjoy his O2 Corvette. Mm-hmm. So doing so would end his search for a replacement. But this has o- opened up a can of stuffing, to quote Alex. Yeah, he can't quite work it out. Does he sell to Colorado and get a newer truck? Does he get something else? Does he get a more engaging sedan like an Alpha Julia or a 3 Series? He says if he keeps the Corvette for this for the same budget or he sells it this would push his new budget to 30 to 35 grand mm. or does he embrace this lightly used work truck thing and continue to search for a replacement for the Corvette because remember he wants something automatic so his wife can drive it. Mm-hmm. Yep, I see that. But she notices a lot of the little things clearly so it's got to be yeah. a new enough, automatic. Whatever True. you get just needs to work and be fun. True. And I do think it's interesting that one of the other things you really called out about
1: your Corvette is you said you'd still like to be able to do the Targa hardtop convertible GT sports car thing. You didn't say I love my Corvette because it's a V8. You didn't say I love it because I'm a Chevy guy. Good point. You, I mean, And you've enjoyed it. Please don't get, get me wrong here. But you have a convertible manual Corvette. And you don't even say, and I must get another manual. You say, Targa, hardtop, convertible, GT. Those are the real core requirements here. And I think since you're considering something newer than your, let's be honest, 20-year-old Corvette, yes, it's probably time for that to go. Alex, I'm going to start with some tough love here, or maybe it's just my own confusion. You have a Corvette that doesn't sound like it gets driven very much.
0: It's hard to tell. I agree. You
1: have a a Chevy Colorado pickup that... (laughs) Apparently shouldn't be driven anymore, but is fine. It's just fine. 13,000 miles in three years. But the key thing is you have a work van that you drive every day and you take it home. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you don't actually need either of those cars, the pickup or the vet. Both of them are on the sides and not getting driven. It also sounds to me like that this trip with the smoker in the back of the pickup is a rarity. So what I'm coming back to you with is you've got the work van. I don't even think you need a pickup. Your wife said she'd kind of like you to have the utility, but what for? Once a year
0: trip on Thanksgiving? I mean, he might not be able to use the, the van. Might be full of stuff for no, but his, his job. Wa-
1: but his wife has an SUV. I don't get the impression yeah. that this is a well. I have a truck because I do lots of truck things. He tells us a truck story.
0: That's a one-off. But thir- That's exactly one time, thirteen thousand miles
1: since he bought it. Hmm. I don't think you actually need. A truck, and I feel like the times that you do, you can either rent one, borrow one. I, I I don't get the sense that you actually need the utility of a pickup.
0: Stealing is also on the table.
1: Sure, why? Not? I mean, why not? Don't yeah. don't tell us we sent we sent you, but it's okay. So I think rarely is how often you need a pickup. That's what I'm hearing here. So I don't understand why you would keep the current pickup or get another okay. one. Because the work yeah. van does all the work stuff, your wife's SUV does all the SUV stuff, and the truck is, oh, I guess I need a truck today. Or you have errands to run, which apparently you don't want to do in the vet. So let's get rid of the truck, let's get rid of the vet, Ooh. let's get you something that you can enjoy for fun road trips that does the Targa hard top thing, but you can also just take it to the store.
0: That's a great point. Alex has not specifically defined what his company rules are for personal usage of the truck. I don't know. True. 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 But he's got his wife's SUV too. True. But yeah. then they had the smoker that was jangling around in the back of the truck. and that, But that was a one-time that's, that's like only a, thing. This
1: is a weird oddity. We have to haul the smoker somewhere. Yeah. Totally get that.
0: But as far as the work truck is concerned, maybe he's not allowed to use it for personal stuff. or I just don't know. Not clear. But nevertheless, I do like your tough love statement there. Ultimately, what you want, Alex, is when you bring the work truck home after work, there's my car. There's my thing. I can't wait to drive it. Yes, I don't have the work truck that needs some work. I mean, you said it's paid off and it's runs, Mm -hmm. but you don't use it that much. And you have no love for it. And your wife is sitting here going, why do we have this? I also think you just take it when you're not hauling things for pickup truck usage. You Mm -hmm. just take that to the store. Yeah. You take that to go run the errand, and you're not actually using it for pickup truck needs. At which point, why aren't you taking the vet? I agree. Yeah. But we don't know what the vet's used for except just fun, cruising around. But I don't get the sense that it gets driven
1: much either. I I think there's an opportunity to merge two cars that don't get driven very well and have a car that can do all of that stuff except for the occasional we have to haul a smoker. Okay, solve the problem then.
0: If he keeps the Corvette, it would give him 20 to 25 grand to spend. Mm -hmm. That includes selling that truck. Yep. But then let's sell the Corvette, and again that pushes his budget up to thirty-five. Yep, yep. I think I have your car, Alex. Good. I've got a few. Like your idea about getting a newer truck, I do entertain that slightly. But then I keep coming back to the usage part. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're going to get a newer truck, and it'll be fine. And then you'll just have the truck, and you'll bring your work truck home, and get in another truck to go run personal errands. And yeah, uh, no.
1: Yeah, I, I don't. I don't get the sense that it's necessary.
0: Down here, I'm looking a little bit later in the email. I, I guess Mustangs are out. Mm-hmm. That's the idea that I get because okay. you're Chevy guy, clearly. Yes,
1: that, that seems to be the case.
0: And automatic Corvettes are plentiful. If you ever want to go back to a Corvette for whatever reason, mm-hmm. you can go find yourself an automatic Corvette, any Corvette. Mm-hmm. Yep. They'll be available. Yep. Okay. I was thinking in the terms of Nissan Zs and Supras and GR86s and that kind of thing, and then I landed upon the car. Okay. For thirty-five grand, Boxster, 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 boxer. Possibly, yeah, I see it totally. Yeah, Boxster. Mm-hmm. Because your wife, the Boxster won't be in the driveway when you get home from work, Alex. The she SUV will be, be there. <laughs> you can take the Hyundai. She'll be yep. out in the Boxster doing whatever she possibly. Does. Yeah. That's how much you both will want to drive it, and that's the entire point of paying money for this object, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. You'll fight over the keys. Mm -hmm. Arm wrestle for the keys. Boxster. You can drive it in winter, but you've got the Hyundai. If you need to get around in winter, I admit to not knowing how severe winters in Iowa can be, especially in Des Moines, but cars with winter tires and you've got your work truck. Primarily, you're just probably going to be working. Yeah. And if you need to swing by the store on the way home, you're probably doing it in the work truck.
1: Yeah. The van's probably getting used for lots of stuff.
0: Yeah. I just want a car that you want to drive and i like your suggestions for the sedans you were saying alphas where was i that?
1: mean good stuff alpha julia bmw three series he says it i like the three the, near series the bottom i see it but i just
0: i don't I, think I it's don't interesting know. enough yeah i agree i don't know if that's the, the compelling car when you pull up at your mm-hmm, house mm-hmm. you go oh, there it is yep i can't wait to drive that and then you go look for reasons are we out of milk again yeah glug 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 as your <laughs> I don't know who
1: poured out the milk honey but I need to go get milk you know what I mean we only have 2% <sighs> <sighs> don't you need whole milk for something
0: I gotta exactly. go get you whole milk I have to right now for $35,000 I was, I was scoping an 07 Cayman S automatic for thirty dollars at Plaza Motors in Tempe Arizona in Carmen Red with 72,000 miles mm. I was scoping that for you Okay, but then you did say convertible mm-hmm. now the Cayman S, it does have higher miles, but in that model year, the 987 Cayman S, you want miles, you want those cars to have been driven. Don't be scared off by the miles. Make sure it's got good maintenance on mm-hmm. it for for any car, but especially yeah. those, if the maintenance records are there, buy the car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't want a car that has sat, especially those. That lends
1: itself to the IMS problem. Exactly yeah, I right.
0: Yep, so, sure. I scoped that, but then I have changed my mind because you said Targo or convertible or something Mm -hmm. like that, which tells me you probably have driven your Corvette in winter. Possibly, yeah. And therefore, you would drive a Boxster in the winter.
1: And if not, you should. Guess what it needs? Winter tires. (laughs) Exactly. This is an excellent round of stuff. I've got a couple others for you, Alex, while we're here. First off, let's start with that vet. You know what? If you really like Corvettes, you get yourself an updated C7. Good. You don't even need to get yourself a convertible. It has the removable Targa top, which, frankly, I kind of like better. But you could get a convertible or a Targa. You could get a C7 Corvette, which is a really, really nice upgrade. And I think you would love that car. So there's an automatic Corvette problem solved. Mm-hmm. That's a really nice upgrade. By the way, Alex, you need to drive it all the time. It's the go-to-milk. It's, it's it's. you know what, we haven't done in a while. I have to go get that thing real quick. Let's go to the movies. Oh, my gosh, i got to go pick up dinner. You take the Corvette. Mm -hmm. or whatever it is you get. Because you know what else is in this range? Because the convertibles drop faster than everything else in the lineup is convertible 911s. I like that too. That is a little, and I, I went there instead of the Boxster where you went, which I, the Boxster would be great and they would both love it. Are you're you
0: right. thinking older 911s with that budget?
1: Whatever budget he can get one for. I think okay. I think you're probably going to be at the very beginning of the 991s. You could probably just stretch into those because the convertibles drop. That's the thing. The convertibles just drop. Sure. Everything I else mean, stays higher. Depends on
0: the mileage, but again, totally. don't be afraid of the mileage on this cars. But the convertible
1: 911s are the ones that never hang on to their value very well. So figure out what you can get. I mean, you may be all the way back in a 997, but th- those are the early Boxsters anyway. So I think that's very viable. The the reason I'm going 911 over Boxster for you is you could get all-wheel drive if you're worried about weather. You could get all-wheel drive sports car and drive it year-round. Yeah, those are true. nice, lined, insulated tops, so it's not going to be like this is a really cold convertible top in the winter. They do surprisingly well. And they're
0: a little more GT car than that Boxster. You want to have a GT experience, 911. That's a special car, it's an aspirational car. It's one you want to drive forever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. If so, you can get into something, Alex, I'd hardly so That's endorse a really that.
1: good one. The other one I thought of is a completely forgotten car, but you said, hard top convertible, and my mind went to this car. the third generation BMW Z4 that is the gen after the one I owned. Oh, 2010 you're right. to 2016, you
0: never hear about those cars. You never see them.
1: Good engines. Styling that is influenced by the Z8, especially in the interior. They are Interesting. hard top convertibles. You never hear about them. You I thought never you were going to say
0: them. E93.
1: No, no. I, I But that's that, a big, heavy car. That's a big, heavy car. No, the third gen Z4 are yeah. out there like crazy in huh. your budget. There was a refresh in like 2013, 2014, halfway through the range. But it was 2016, pardon me, a 2010 to 2016 BMW. mm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And it has, again, the kind of quirky but cool styling of the Z8 is kind of the interior. You never hear anything about those cars. Those are out there. And then I have one wild card, and it's a wild card because you haven't told us how big you are. That's a major factor for us every single time we get in the car. But one of the best affordable, does-everything hardtop convertibles available right now is the Mazda Miata RF interesting that is a classic timeless car and it is a car that des- doesn't deserve any kind of preciousness buy it use it today use it tomorrow in the snowstorm use it next week when there's mud on the ground just drive it it's good wash it off it's still one of the sexiest modern shapes ever now I'll the problem is that. Yeah. if you are over 510 it's a question mark OK, if you're six feet tall, you better have driven one for a while before you buy it. If you're our size, I love it. And I keep getting out and
0: going, I'm just too big. Yeah, we suffer. Yeah, but it's great to drive. OK, so whatever you end up buying, Alex, that means it won't ever be seen again by you because your wife will be in it driving it. That would be a win. That would be, a, be win. a huge win. And then you'd have to sell the Santa Fe. You'll write back. <laughs> <laughs> Let us know.
1: When you want to wash your car but you're short on time, Griot's has two new ideas for fast and easy washing in your garage or driveway without even having to rinse. Try the Rinseless Wash & Wax Kit or the Waterless PFM Spray-On Car Wash Kit from Griot's Garage.
0: They're both ideal if the weather has gotten colder outside or you're an apartment dweller or if you live in an area where hose and bucket washing is restricted or inconvenient. You can get a perfect wash indoors or out in a quarter of
1: the time it takes to wash a car normally. These kits are a no-hassle way to keep your car looking really sharp Remember, Griot's Garage products are 100% guaranteed, and all their liquid products are made right here in the
0: USA. When you're ordering at griotsgarage.com, use the code EDRIVER for 15% off liquids and 10% off everything else on your order just for our audience. That's G-R-I-O-T-S. Enjoy the finest quality car care products you can buy at griotsgarage.com.
1: We've gotten an email from Belgium. We have. And in the first sentence... Dieter writes in that he's writing from the land of the best chocolate, the best beer, and of course, the best racetrack in the world, because
0: he can claim spa. Yes, we agree. And by the way, (laughs) our friends at RSR have claimed, especially Ron, has claimed that Portimao is better than spa, so I don't know if you've heard that, Dieter. That is a throwdown. It is a very controversial statement. Mm -hmm. We have not yet been to Portimao to confirm or deny this. But apparently Portimao is pretty good and I've heard it's great. gives Spa a run for its money. But we love Spa. We love being there. Definitely want Can't to drive
1: Portimao. Can't wait to drive Spa again. We will be doing pilgrimage again in 2023. No dates for you yet, but in the spring we will have those dates. There will be 12 spots available. Sign up will be coming. Speaking of F1 tracks, you <laughs> yeah. and I have now driven Coda. We have. And I yes. have to say, this is a yes. side note. I, I drove it on the sim before we went because I wanted to know which direction the track went, Knowing, <laughs> knowing that I would get there and it would be like, this is so different, except for I know this goes right. Right, right. The interesting thing was that track feels really, really long in a sim and doesn't feel very long when you're on it. Okay. And
0: yeah. it was so much fun. It was such a great track.
1: I, yeah. I didn't expect the, the Coda track, that Circuit of the Americas in Austin, to be as fun as it was. And it was a fantastic racetrack. It was interesting because my only frame of reference was Spa. What's a modern F1 track? Yeah. And so I'm coming yeah. in, thinking about what we've done on Spa, which is fantastic, and then getting on Coda and going, amazing how. A hundred years later, almost, somebody else makes a track that is still used for F1. And it's amazing to compare and contrast. They're like bookend purpose-built racetracks.
0: That's interesting. Yeah, that is for our fourth film coming out for our Cars of the Past. We had both cars on track, which I still can't believe we did. Lots Lots, of fun.
1: Nothing says weirdness like 30- and 40-year-old streetcars on coda
0: nothing says i hope my transmission gets me home like, yeah exactly driving was, all the way there it was us and, and a bunch track of,
1: it was us and a bunch of people from one of those exotic driving events yeah so yeah. it was you and me and our two old cars that had made the trip by the way driven the entire way uh-huh. to texas and there was a ferrari out there and there was a lamborghini out there and then there were us it was great <laughs> i loved
0: it. it was so much fun <laughs> well dieter writes to us after listening to our podcast while he details cars cool thank you for writing dieter he says around episode 86 is when he started listening. Wow. It's been a while now. He's 29 lives in Belgium, works in his dad's garage as a mechanic. He also is a detailer on the side. He hopes that becomes his main business. But for right now, he's in a small family garage that was started by his grandparents around 1964. Wow. It was a Mitsubishi and Hyundai garage. And in 1993, his birth year, they started being a Seat dealer until 2005. Then the official Volkswagen Group importer kicked them kicked them out of the dealer network, and they're now an independent dealer with a lot of boring cars, but they sell well.
1: You know, this is my problem being a stupid American. I had to read a couple of these sentences more than once because I read it as a seat dealer. I was like, you're just, you're selling seat. Oh, say, <laughs> Se- oh, say, Se- Se- yes, yes, say out the brand, not seat the thing. Got it. <laughs>
0: I kind of wish we had Seat's here because of the one car that Dieter mentions at the end of his email. Now he currently drives a super fast 2011 Seat Ibiza 1.2 TDI Eco Slotiv with only 260,000 kilometers. Okay. When he has his next car, he will be, that will be the car he can give to his clients. And then he has a 99, 50 shades of yellow Seat Ibiza Cupra 2.0, <laughs> 16 valve with only 150 horsepower and a Merlot red 2.2 I BMW Z4. That's the era of the one I had. Three cars, yes. Yes. But he's looking for a new daily that has a bit more punch than his eco-slotive, is how he terms it. (laughs) And because (laughs) they have a garage, he's driven a lot of cars, a lot of slow cars, but also cars like the Audi RS4 and 5, C63S AMG, M3s and M4s, GLC 63, other fast cars.
1: So he has a range of experience because of this family garage and the fact that they also sell cars. He's been in about everything, and he's still pretty young, which is really cool. But that's
0: not the kind of cars he's looking to daily. Hmm. None of those are. Okay. If he wants to, he can drive them. But he drives twenty-five to 30,000 kilometers a year, which is a lot of highway commuting. Wow, yeah. Uh, around 20 kilometers from work to home, but he usually takes the back roads. He also likes going on road trips a few times a year. Okay. He wants a European or a Japanese car, around 200 to 350 brake horsepower, and diesel is preferred.
1: That was the twist that brought me to a screeching halt. <laughs> I
0: yes. mean, based on where he lives, of course, it's yeah. just how you think and, and how getting a diesel to
1: use gas. And he also said that a, that a hybrid would be possible, but it's got to have a lot of range. It's got to be more than 50 kilometers. Per, per uh per gallon range if it's a hybrid so that's interesting because this is diesel preferred and you and I it's it's funny post diesel gate in this country you know how often we talk about Diesels never exactly. <laughs> never unless it's unless it's unless a truck it's rolling a coal, truck. yeah it's
0: just not in the conversation anymore it really it's isn't. just left this market. Now, we don't know if he's married, but he and his betrothed have started the baby-making process, apparently.
1: (laughs) So, congratulations. Baby-making is happening, so they're not sure, but maybe there'll be a a, a little one to worry about in this car in a year.
0: Well, that just means he prefers a wagon sedan and maybe a CUV, but, you know, he says a manual is definitely a plus. Maybe a hybrid, but hopefully no CVT. He's open to dual-clutch transmissions. He at least wants some paddles on the wheel. And right now his budget is about thirty to thirty-five thousand dollars. Hmm. He can stretch maybe on that, but he starts at thirty. The cars he lists that he's currently looking at are the BMW three thirty e, the Audi A six diesel, Mercedes Benz C three hundred diesel, Lexus IS. And By the, the way, Lexus IS diesel. Diesel. Interesting. Yeah, do not even get that car here. Yeah. And because he's a Seat dude. The new Cupra for Mentor VZ5 with the five cylinder 400 brake horsepower Audi RS3 engine that dropped in. That sounds
1: really cool.
0: Dieter, I didn't know that engine was in the Cupra. We don't pay attention to Cupra as a brand, but if you haven't seen Cupra, it has been carved off as a separate brand and website. It's the car that everybody needs. If and we're going to do CUVs, really cool. yeah. let's have that engine mm-hmm. in the CUV. It's yeah. unique. It's the five cylinder. It says three hundred ninety horsepower and four hundred and eighty Newton meters of torque. Yep. This thing hauls. Yeah.
1: It's it's really cool. Yes it's,
0: to that. It looks kind of like
1: the CX five Mazda, kind of, but even cooler. And it's, it's and it's sweet. yeah the
0: the formentor.
1: It and we don't even get any of those. Cars, it's a cool name.
0: Fun. The yeah. brand sounds cool. The styling yeah. is great. Mm-hmm. Americans would appreciate this vehicle. That's well, all I'm saying. I mean, VinFast is on their way over with on-looking I SUVs. Know. Let's bring some Seat stuff over. Love it. They could just immediately attach themselves to the entire Volkswagen dealer network. No problems at all. Yep. Same engine in the Audi RS3. Come on. Cupra's, Seat's, let's have them. That is the Formentor VZ5. But regular Formentors have a variety of other powertrain options. Mm-hmm. And even some of those are between forty and 50,000 euros, Dieter. Mm. So as much as I want that to have you to have that vehicle mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if the regular the 200s the 220s with the diesels are 40,000 euros yeah. that's far out of your budget already probably he also mentions he doesn't want any Opel, Ford or Renault products okay so experience with those and where that's a no go but you have Dieter the entire Hyundai catalog available to you oh, in that's Belgium good. That's good. I like it. Including the i20N, the i30N, and even the Kona N. The Kona N is out of your budget. Mm -hmm. But if you're in the family starting process, we just reviewed that on our test drive Mm -hmm. channel. And we really didn't see anything wrong with it, except that it's a tall, hot hatch. And the i30N is their hot hatch equivalent, and frankly, I think it's better. And you get it. It's the Veloster running gear. Well, same in the Kona, but still, you get the hot hatch that we want the Kona to be. Mm -hmm. The Kona looks huge in comparison to the 20 and the 30. The i30 is a fantastic car. On road,
1: on track. Everybody that went on pilgrimage this year, it was like the add-on car for drive day. Yes. And everybody that got out of it was like, have you driven? By the way, (laughs) Sea of Caymans. (laughs) Two series BMWs as far as the eye can see. And to a person, when they got out
0: of the i30N, yes. they were like, have you been in the i30N yet? That thing's great. It's brilliant. Mm-hmm. It's not GM Opel. It's not Ford. And it's not French. It's not. That's good. No products. You have the entire catalog available. You get all the N cars. You get the entire mm-hmm. Hyundai catalog. Why are you not looking? Why is Hyundai not on your list? Why are the N vehicles not on your list They're for not driving? Diesel. They're not diesel, but he started it because he brought up the... For- <laughs> you're right. You're he, right because neither is the RS3 exactly. engine. Exactly. That's a very good point. You're so right. So if you're willing to entertain the VZ5 for Mentor, you've got to be willing to entertain an I-30N. <laughs> you, Dieter, I have to
1: admit, you walked right in there and said, hit me. And Paul said, okay.
0: Yeah, I'm for just sure. Saying, yeah, you did. If you do need a diesel, I do like the new Mercedes A-Class. You can get the A200D AMG line or if mm. you want to drop down budget-wise, you can get the A180D AMG line you could consider golf R's. you can entertain golf GTIs and all my searching Dieter. Mm-hmm. There's many Americans who are concerned about fuel economy. And that definitely does yes. factor into their driving, their purchasing habits, their spending. Absolutely. Yeah. But I feel like it's an even more magnified degree to Europeans. Mm-hmm. You very much are concerned constantly because of cost of everything, cost of fuel and that kind of thing. So it, it never really factors in it in my mind. If if there's a fun car and I want it, my foot's going to be flat to the floor most of the <laughs> no, time anyway. What? You're which right. Which doesn't match the manufacturer MPG statement. It's so never going to get close. Why am I even worried about it? Good now, point. you pay for that. And it's mm-hmm. always the Americans yeah. who blast past you on the Autobahn. Yeah, because we're over for two days. To, to yeah. a person. Mm-hmm. Everybody else who lives in Europe is like, okay, just be cool. I'll get there. Yeah. Just get over to the right. And then it's the Americans who've rented something. Uh-huh. Just blasting.
1: You and I, this year, went faster in our rented vans with 10 people each than anyone has ever seen a rented van go in Germany, because at one point, when I got to the right and let somebody pass, the woman that passed me looked at me like I was an alien creature behind the wheel. She looked at me like, you've got to be kidding. You're going that fast in that thing. And I was like, come on, we're Americans. I'm
0: not saying that was smart. I'm just saying it happened. We got out when we arrived at our destination, and then it hit us. What's the speed rating on the tires that are mounted on the vans? We were testing the limits. We, we were just nearly over. We were right still in the range, but mm-hmm. almost over. Yep. And banging on the speed limiter on the vans. And it's, it's a merit badge, right? It's like, it's like carve a notch in the bedpost. Like, we did it. Arr.
1: I came to Germany. I must go fast. I mean, that's really pretty much the American way. I have a couple for you, and I tried to be good about diesel. I tried to stay with diesel. I agree, Paul. You noticed the loophole here, and that is the RS3 engine is the ultimate loophole. Now we can do anything we want. So that you crack the door. I agree. I agree. Give a mouse a cookie. Yes. What's he going to want? He's going to be back tomorrow for two cookies. Glass of milk. Uh huh. (laughs) So, um, you know. It, my question for you that I don't understand here, Dieter, is a couple of things. First off, this is predominantly a car for you to commute in on back roads, which tells me small. Yeah. But yeah. then it's a car that you're considering spending a good amount of money on. For sure. And for sure. maybe it's your start-the-family car. Those are not the same avenues for car purchasing. Because my first thought is, you're a guy who just needs a car he can put a lot of miles on on a back road. He just he just needs to get decent gas. But let's get little True. But then if it's like the, okay, the woman that I love and potentially our future child and we're all going to go somewhere, that's a different thinking. Which kind of has crept into his thoughts. It's crept into his thoughts because you're thinking about the big SUV already with that RS3 engine that's not diesel. Anyway. (laughs) So do we want to go as Keep far as the, uh, the V60 wagon Volvo? Because that comes in a diesel and is a uh, fantastic it place to be. It's
0: big, though. It's, it's big. It's bigger than the Formentor.
1: It is. I mean, he did bring up things like the rs five, and he did, he did talk about, you know, I'm looking at things like the three, 3 Series BMW and an Audi A6. So big-ish cars are on your radar, even though I'm not sure they need to be. But that's the only big car I thought of that you hadn't mentioned. Then I stayed with something fun, and that is, you know what comes in diesel that you never see here in diesel? Mini Coopers. Oh. A Mini Cooper in diesel. That's exciting. Wouldn't that be fun? That would be great fun. You could get it in a manual. It has the it has the a great...
0: Mini with enough torque to pull your house off its foundation. Pretty much,
1: yes. You can just tow other people around. Yes, That's exactly. exciting. So Mini Cooper diesel. And then I have a wild card. And the wild card comes in because I think it's the hybrid you want. Mm. And I also thought about this. You're really shopping for your commute car.
0: You're not shopping
1: for like the super nice thing. And you have a lot of fun things in your garage, some of which I think could probably go, but that's a separate car car debate. Let's just stay here. (laughs) And that is, you just need something mainly for you to commute in, but you'd like it to be manual, like to get good gas mileage. You know what they did sell in Europe for a few years? The Honda CRZ. Hybrid six-speed manual. It's not a diesel, but it gets really good gas mileage. It's surprisingly fun to chuck around. It's unique. You don't see them. You won't spend anything close to half your budget. It's going to run, have a great six speed manual, do everything you need to do to get around to work, which is really the
0: purpose of this car. We're saving you money so you can buy an RS4. (laughs) <laughs> that's or the goal right
1: actually buy the formentor when you actually need it which yes. is not quite yet
0: and that's a gas powered car not it diesel. is that just is in not in case anybody didn't diesel. catch on to that mm. yeah gas i like those choices i like the idea of the mini fascinating interesting i just don't think- there's so many powertrain choices on all of the cars that yes. we love far more than uh, uh, in Europe, then Yes, here. absolutely. And that's, that's one amazing. of the things.
1: I mean, like when, when he first listed his Lexus IS, I was like, that's not a diesel. I was like, it's not a diesel here. It's not a diesel here. So very interesting.
0: Gotcha. Dieter, thank you so much for writing. Really appreciate it. You know where to send us your topic Tuesdays, car conclusions and car debates, everydaydrivertv at gmail.com.
1: It's the end of the year. So people are sending us those Spotify wrap ups. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun to do the math on these Spotify things because it's minutes listened to the podcast. Crazy. So you divide it by 60 and you find out the number of episodes. We've had you with us, which in many cases, it's a lot. We've had a few people that have been hundreds of episodes. We do about 100 a year. Some of you are in for hundreds of episodes. Thank you, guys. Many of you have said that of all the podcasts you listen to, this is the one you listen to the most. That is incredibly flattering. We're thrilled to have you with us. Kevin Burke
0: says it might have spent 16,937 minutes on the podcast.
1: That's uh, That's well over 200 episodes.
0: That's amazing, Kevin. That's really Thank cool. you. Really appreciate it. Jordan Duncan writes to us on Facebook, he no longer has a usable garage to store his vehicles. He is very much addicted to the remote start thing. Mm-hmm. And he says, now that the frost is coming in strong, he's looking to buy a new daily and he wants a manual. But giving up the remote start is a sad idea.
1: Mm.
0: Any tips, any advice, are the aftermarket kits worth it? I've only seen it to be worth it when you live in places like montana or alaska
1: someplace alaska really really cold a lot
0: i mean like i know you like it and it does you get into a warm car i get that but if you're if the car that you get the next one you get has heated seats and a heated steering wheel mm-hmm. and you can just get it and go you don't have to wait at all just get in the car and it'll be better if you start driving it immediately and it'll warm up quicker mm-hmm. I know it's a convenience, but I've always looked at, especially engine block heaters and the remote start. That was on my dad's expedition when he had that in Alaska. Yeah, he yeah, loved yeah. doing that, but yeah, you know, the, the thermometer is like frozen, stuck at minus 37 yes, It doesn't Fahrenheit. go that low anymore. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. huh, maybe I'll start the car. Hopefully it starts. It's Aftermarket kits can be worth it. You're just going to have to really sleuth and find the best one, but... I don't want your desire for a remote start to prevent you from getting a fun manual car.
1: Agreed. There's a, there's another thought I had, and that is I've had a couple of cars that parked outside in, in Park City in the winter that did not have remote start. And I agree with your assessment, Paul. Heated seats and wheel get you a lot of the way there, plus you're probably yeah. wearing a jacket. But the other thing about it is if you want to offset this a little bit, you can do – non-permanent engine block heaters. I had one that was a magnet that you could literally stick to the engine block. Oh, sure. Now, it doesn't keep the the engine toasty warm, but it just takes the edge off of the extra cold that the car gets into so that the car heats itself much faster, starts easier, gets itself heated up much faster. That's a a stopgap measure, but it's another option, too. I
0: mean, Jordan, the pilots, the Bush pilots in 1929 would land their planes on skis on glaciers Mm. and drain the oil out of their airplane engine and put it in a container and sleep with it. And so (laughs) this happened. I've heard this before. It just never ceases to make me laugh in their sleeping bag. And you're Uh you're wrapped around your, your oil, cuddle the oil. You better believe I'm spooning my oil. (laughs) It's not what you think pour it back into the engine in the morning and the planes would fire right up because you just poured warm oil into your motor and it just makes everything toasty warm. So at least you're not doing that. The dog's looking at you jealous. You're cuddling the oil. What are you doing? (laughs) I'm over here like in the cold. My dad got a book on bush pilots from that era and we both discovered this information and our mouths were hanging up. We couldn't believe we're reading this and there were images, there are photos in this book that he's got. It's Truly amazing. So just think, we're past that. Could be worse. You could be cuddling your oil. Have technology.
1: <laughs> Retro Skippy's asking on Instagram, he said, We're both enjoying driving our cars of the past big time. We're so enjoying it. We're talking about the design, the engineering. We're, we're enjoying everything about them, but they are old, and cars have come a long, long way since then. So he's asking, What's the option, feature, or tech we wish was on our old cars? We wish that it had that old tech. I mean, that, that new tech on the old car. And you know, The only one I miss kind of is a surprise to me because my car has – I mean, yours doesn't have cruise control. Mine has excellent cruise control and good working HVAC and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I feel pretty happy. I don't need massage seats. I don't need the seats to be heated. But you know what I do actually miss is Apple CarPlay because we use our phones for so much. And this is not because I'm looking at my phone when I drive but because the interface that we all interact with outside the car is your phone. Mm-hmm. And so the ability mm-hmm. to just quickly interface with the phone is something that on these long drives I wish I had. Now, I have a, a simple Bluetooth that actually almost looks stock in the car, and it works out pretty well. But And I don't really want the big flop, floppy pop-up screen thing. That's why I haven't done that on the car. I suppose I could put it in there. But it is the one tech that I'm just like, Apple CarPlay would be good on these big road trips. But otherwise, I'm
0: pretty happy. There's a really hard question from Jared Rose on Instagram who says… Ford, Ferrari, and Porsche. Mm. You have to pick one that goes out of business in 2022, okay. one that doesn't make it past 1970, and one that never exists at all. Whoa. What do we pick? This is hard. That's very hard. It's very hard. I mean, I have to give props to Ford because we wouldn't have Henry Ford's manufacturing if it if he hadn't done his thing with Ford with the Model T, mm-hmm. we wouldn't had, have had assembly lines like we know them today. True, 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 yeah. But on the other hand, I like the Mustang, but aren't we kind of at peak Mustang? Mm. What's next after the new one comes out? Sure. I'm sure, asking, yeah, yeah. what's yeah, yeah, sure. truly next? Because if we're resorting to SUVs called Mach-E's, haven't we realized mm, peak mm. Mustang? Haven't we had a good run? You've been mm. in business a 100 and... Plus years. Okay. Ford, I guess you cease to exist in 2022. 2022 the end of Ford. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Now, you've mentioned Porsche, one of my favorite brands. Well, yeah. my, my all-time favorite Your brand. Your favorite brand, for sure. Yeah. But since 1970, the shape of 911s has been consistent. <laughs> they are still making approximately that car. You're right. So if they ceased in 1970, we would still have the 911. Well, and everybody's scrambling to buy the 60's. old ones anyway. Yes, so Porsche doesn't make it past 1970 which means whoa look what you've done what have i done look what you've done you've wiped ferrari off the map <laughs> but the problem with that is we wouldn't have formula 1 i believe ferrari is so firmly interconnected and mm-hmm. has pretty much built formula 1 as it is formula 1 would go wouldn't be where it is now without yeah, that's ferrari it's probably, probably true well and lamborghini wouldn't exist and lamborghini wouldn't exist see the ripple effect interesting that's fascinating Ah, that's hard. That's a tough one, but I I don't have a better answer because I can't say I don't want Porsche to exist at all. Mm. And Ferraris up to 1970, think of all the great Ferraris after 1970. You're right. You're right. F40, F50.
1: We either, the... We either wipe the whole brand or we have to keep it very interesting and they're always niche. That, that is yeah. hard. I, I'm, I'm not going to try to answer that in an alternative way because I think that's about as hard as it gets.
0: Every, anything I say is wrong.
1: It, you're right. It's all wrong. On Facebook, Ryan is asking, I've mentioned this a couple times recently, how is my dad's vet doing? You know, it's still in his possession. That's the biggest surprise. (laughs) I mean, he to his own admission, he's had it a couple years now. He never expected to have it as long as he's had it. He's thoroughly enjoyed it. I need to get in the car with him and do a test drive with him because that would be really, really fun. But he's had it It probably in the next six months or so will leave his life, which is a bit of a bummer. But as you've said before, Paul, he actually did buy one. He actually has experienced it. And we're all more than surprised that my mom has liked it even more than him. And it's just it's a good looking solid car. It's not the best speck of vet ever. But, you know, when it pulls down my driveway, I'm like, it's a good looking car. And my dad
0: owns that. I can't even believe it. So I'm just glad he has. Old dog asks for the best all around ski car. We have established this firmly, <laughs> and because we have established this, Ferrari can't go away.
1: Are you, are you, I was hoping you were going where I thought the you FF were going. Yeah.
0: The, GTC, the guy that shows up regularly at Deer Valley in yeah. the
1: red FF, and he parks mm. wherever he wants, which is simultaneously <laughs> horrible and perfect. Yeah.
0: Everybody's yeah. like, you
1: you win. Uh-huh. You win the day. Uh, Navjot says on Instagram, he says, is the Chevy Bolt, EV, capable of being a track day car with proper tires. What other mainstream EVs might be better? Mm. Here, here's the, the biggest issue with an EV as your track car. When you drive on track. It's an EV on track? You are asking for everything that the car can offer. Which is completely the exact wrong thing to do to preserve range. So that that begs the question: How are you getting home? Because you were—I don't care—you had a full charge. It will be gone. I mean, cars absolutely just fire hose gasoline into their systems. You can arrive with a full tank of gas in your gasoline car, and halfway through the day, you have to get a new tank of hundred at you know forty-five dollars a gallon or whatever it is. So your EV will drain incredibly quickly. The other issue about tracking is. Tracking is all about weight management, and EVs are heavy. Yeah. So they're yeah. going to destroy tires. Any of them are going to destroy tires because they are so heavy <laughs> that you're going to blow through your tires, and you're going to blow through your charge. So look, my, my follow-up questions are, how are you getting a recharge to get home, and are you ready to put on new tires? Because if you really have a full track day, the tires are done. The Model Three would be a better choice because it's rear-wheel drive and better balanced than the than the Bolt is. But the Bolt would be surprisingly fun. It would feel a little top-heavy. But I think EVs are well—they're not at their best at the track. That that, that the track is working not against at this what point in they're time, good at. Yeah. at.
0: least, no. Revs Up has a question on Instagram asking about our roads. Just checked out the GR86 Cayman S comparison. Mm-hmm. Have we ever thought of publishing a road bibliography, something that lets everyone else find the roads that we use? And on a side note, how do we not get tickets on these shoots? Who's to say we don't? Well, I'll what, tell what you. What is our what's
1: mostly going on is <laughs> it, look at the road. We're out there by ourselves.
0: Pretty much. Or we shoot around cars. You know, it seems like there's no traffic. Well, that's because we didn't turn the cars on, the camera on when the cars True. came back.
1: But most of the time, we're by ourselves. Yeah, for sure. This uh, road bibliography reminds me of a really funny comment we got a little while back. I told you about it, where some guy was writing angrily that because we were showing off roads in Utah, it was letting the cat out of the bag, and that's why people were moving to Utah. Now, there has been a lot of migration to, the Utah, to Utah in the last couple of years due to COVID and other things. We do not take I credit. Would, I would no. love – I'll, I'll put this out there. I would love to be influential enough to cause <laughs> exactly. the sea change of influx of people that has happened in the last right. few years. I bet you if you lined them all up in their brand new houses they built in the last two years, one in a hundred might even watch car videos, let alone our videos. So we are not the factor, sir. Tell that to the census
0: taker. Yeah, exactly. We influence that. You know it.
1: I mean, I vacillate on this because on one level, I want to share roads with other people. But on another level, I don't want to necessarily post the bit. Here's the list.
0: We want to drive those roads over and over again. Mm -hmm. And we want to share them. We found the best way to do it is really on camera. But the best way that we can share roads is for you to come with us. On our adventures mm-hmm. because we pick some of those roads yeah, yeah. and we drive them together and we dissect them and talk about them and trade cars and all that jazz. That's the best way that we want to share the roads rather than here's all the greatest roads you know, we've ever driven mm-hmm. because we don't want to be targeted for specific roads doing a certain thing wrong at a certain time that might attract the attention of authorities sure. that could tie us to something I don't want to say specifically date, time, road, here's where we were at. Yeah, I yeah. don't want to admit to that. I'll just want to show you beautiful scenery. But when you come with us, we're all in it together, right? Yeah, that's true. Ted Theologan, party on Ted. He says, a few years in,
1: which naming convention is more ridiculous, sillier? The Tycon Turbo... Or the Mustang Mach-E. And I'm going to say Tycon Turbo is much, much worse than Mustang Mach-E. As much as we're angry that a Mustang has now become an SUV, Mach-E is the right name for that vehicle. As much Fair, as the, Mach- okay. the Mustang yeah, is like yeah, yeah. It's, it's like the All Corvette right. making an SUV thing. We've come full circle in one yeah. podcast. I'm sorry for the news flash here. I apologize. The Ticon's not a turbo. <laughs> it's not going to be a turbo. Ever. The Tycon is fundamentally not a turbo.
0: I'm going to go with the serrated Lamborghini. The Serrato dust Cerato. is gold. Dirt is for the bold. That's See what I did there? We
1: need we we need that on a shirt. We
0: needed a serrated Lamborghini to I'm, saw its way through the countryside and it's making kick up, dust. It's making
1: crop circles, which is almost uh, a cool idea. It's just after the commercial has blooded you to death with how bad is this? You get to the crop circles in the end and you go, really anyway
0: we thank you for your questions for writing to us we always love hearing from you guys we really appreciate it and if you would rate and review this podcast it really does help us in the rankings it helps visibility it helps new listeners Mm -hmm. come on board and we love it when people find the podcast and people are sticky they stick around and we like that and we consider everybody friends and this is your home we are your car people looking forward to next time as always cheers everyone